Welcome to the Write It Down Podcast at Home Edition. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. This next guest is a very important guest. I met her at the Haley Sue Foundation Legacy Ball a couple weekends ago. Her name is Haley Wilgus. She is an anchor at WKRN in Nashville, Channel 2. So shout out to them. Crazy small world. When we were talking at the Legacy Ball a couple weekends ago, we were talking about WKRN. I said, oh, I have a friend that works there. His name's Chris O'Brien. She's like, what? I work with Chris O'Brien. Chris, shout out to Chris. Um, he is a friend of mine here from Melbourne, Florida, and he moved to Nashville and now works at WKRN as well. So crazy small world, a little loop-de-loop. That's how God be. I love it. And so Haley graciously decided to join us um, today, and I'm super excited to share her story with you. I could talk to her for hours. She's so intriguing. She's in um, just my line of work and just the things that bring us both excitement. So I'm excited for you guys. You know what to do. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Good. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the mic with Haley Wilgus. Haley, thank you so much for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here. I love when I'm not the one having to ask the questions. I just get to answer it. I love it. I'm so excited because as we've chatted before, you're going to know how to answer the questions because you know how to be on the mic and it's a totally different beast when you're talking to someone and then you hit record and it's like, so I'm super excited that you know how to be on the mic, be on the camera. Um, your last name I thought was Wilgus, but it's Wilgus. The E is not there. What nationality is that? Do you that- even know? Yes, my whole dad's side of the family is Polish. And there is some, uh, I guess there's some debate whether it started as a German word like Vielgis, but it is a Polish last name. And pretty much anyone who has it, it's it's not very common. Pretty much anyone who has it is Polish. And you hear it a lot more. My parents are from Pittsburgh, but you, I did yeah. hear it a few times when I lived in Chicago, like Midwest, I'll find, you know, a few, okay. but it's pretty rare. I've seen a few variations of it. It's not but, like Smith. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, okay. and it's hard. No one can pronounce it. No one can spell it. Um, no one can spell my first name or my middle name either. So that's just been my whole life, but I'm used to it. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Okay. It's funny though, because well, two things. One, when we met, I didn't know how to spell it. So when I looked at my phone for your name, I was like, the number didn't say blah, 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 blah. And then I finally found it because it is spelled with an extra, maybe not an extra, maybe everybody else is spelled without, it's lesser than, but you have another Y in your name. I when do you, have another Y. Yeah. I love it. When you met your husband, did you know how to pronounce the last name? Of my husband's last name? Yeah. Like when you met him, were you like, oh, hi. You yeah. Know? Well, we met in a, I don't even know if I knew his last name when we met. But we met in a strange circumstance. I was interviewing for my job in Florida at the ABC station in Sarasota. I I interviewed elsewhere as well. So I didn't know I was taking this job. But um, we met. I was just finishing up a two-day interview. And the news director was like, just walk around the newsroom and, uh, you know, talk to people. Newsrooms are not like the most welcoming if you're not like working there because everybody's on deadline. So I'm like, oh, great. Just, you know, walk around and talk to busy people. So I just kind of walking and he had just gotten in for his um, like night shift. And so he had some extra time and we chatted. And then by the time I went back and the news director took me to the airport, I had already, I like walking in and I get a friend request from him on Facebook. And uh, we stayed in touch. I didn't know if I was going to take the job or not and all this. And he went and talked me up to the news director and um, like, oh, we'll keep yeah. 
<laughs> so I said, you know, and I told my yeah. friends when I got back to my station in Texas, I was like, oh, I met the nightside reporter and he's real nice, just friendly. And they're looking at me like, mm-hmm. I said, no, it's not like that. And they're like, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a stagnant <laughs> newsroom. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Everybody's busy, but okay. So yeah. I guess, all right. You had some time to figure out his last name. Cause I feel like I probably would have butchered it, but you know, <laughs> we worked through those things, but yeah. Haley, I'm super excited that you are joining us. We met um, at such a beautiful event, the Haley Sue foundation legacy ball mm-hmm. um, this year it was in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and you were connected to them uh, last year as well. I went to that event. It was under different circumstances, yes. crazy stories, see a different episode for that one. If yes, you're that was a very right crazy now. story. <laughs> but long story short, we got connected this year and I would love to chat with you. You are literally living the dream. Um, you're in Nashville, Tennessee. You're on the camera every single day, um, living the life that you have always wanted. So tell us a little bit about that path into broadcast journalism and really making it into this amazing market. Well, it's what I, for one reason or another, don't really know why. It's just what I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to be a writer. And a lot of people think of print journalists as writers, but broadcast journalists write every single day too. Um, so, and I also love public speaking growing up. I was in, you know, competitions for that. So it was natural. Those two things combined would be a broadcast journalist. And I started doing when I was real little, like these little Fisher Price tape recorder with the microphone, doing little news reports, interviewing my mom and my sister. And, um, you know, so I've literally been doing this since I was probably four years old, doing my little news reports. And I never changed my mind. Um, I stuck with it. I was in the little elementary school newspaper. I was like the, you know, lead reporter, stuck with it through middle school and high school. Uh, Knew that's what I wanted to major in in college. I went to Texas A&M. Uh, which is not known for its journalism school at all, but that's where I wanted to go. And their football's getting better. Football? Yes. Uh, getting better. Cool. That's another podcast, which I'll yeah, be it, it really to is. It really is. Off the script. Yeah, and football is, you know, um, I'm I'm betting on the our basketball team this year. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but so I, but I knew I wanted to go to A&M. I had gone to swim camp there as a kid. I was a swimmer. It was like the only place I wanted to go. Uh, and while I was there, the journalism program was uh, canceled. I, I don't know how to, it was uh, closing. They were ending the major. Okay. okay. So that was, that's a whole nother story that I won't get into, but that did create a little bit of an interesting uh, college experience when your major gets cut halfway yeah. through college. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, they did the best they could with like getting us the classes that we needed. I had an amazing internship. Um, I also like the, and the, uh, the public television station there was able to take a class there. I just, I really made the most of it. Uh, and then I went to, and did an internship at CNN after I graduated in between before I went to grad school, which was at Northwestern university. Now that school is known for journalism. That's the Medill school of journalism, which I'm biased, but is, you know, the best or one of the best journalism schools in the country. So, um, that I specifically went there for that and fell in love with Chicago while I was there, which was a Gosh, side benefit. such a beautiful city, amazing city, Unreal. just, you know, a, a wonderful place to be as a young person learning more about journalism too. Cause there's yeah. just so much to cover there. Yeah. there oh yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, like there's a station so. on every corner. I was yeah, like, Oh my gosh. Hey Fox. Yeah. Hey, downtown. You know, NBC. Very, yeah. Very cool. yeah. 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 So um, graduated our, our program at the end with the master's program at Northwestern. You can choose different places to finish. And the, at the time, 
there's more options now, but there were a few. And I went to Washington, D.C. There's a newsroom there. And we were credentialed press um, on the Hill, just like every other news organization. So we covered, you know, anything everybody else, big, you know, big leagues were covering. So that was very cool. So uh, graduated from Northwestern, did a short stint at Bloomberg TV in Washington, D.C., and then I started my on-air career at um, KYTX, which is CBS 19 in Tyler, Texas, which is in East Texas, and beautiful part of the state. Uh, it was a rough transition moving from, you were living in Chicago and then DC and then going to a small town, but I absolutely ended up loving that place. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much in my first job, uh, crazy stories, lots of work, crazy shifts, not much sleep, basically just working your butt off all the time and making great friends in the process. So uh, that's when we go back to where I said I was interviewing for my job in Florida. So after I had been in Texas for three years, started looking into new opportunities. And the funny thing is my agent asked me, where do you want to go or where do you not want to go? And in my head, I was like, I really don't want to go to Florida. But I didn't say that. <laughs> I just, I, I grew up really? in Houston. Yeah, well, I grew up in Houston. I was kind of over the humid, tropical climate. Um, yeah. Just, I, you, like you know. Like, send me to Toronto. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. And, you know, I, I, yeah, have I had a been in Chicago. Yes, and yes, yes. I don't know. I just was like, Florida is not at the top of my list. But again, I didn't say that. And the two offers that I got and, and considered were both in Florida. One in Sarasota, one in Jacksonville. And I, I took the one in Sarasota. Okay. So, and that's again, where I met my husband. So had I not Perks. taken yeah. that chance and just said, Hey, I'll, you know, I'll go to Florida. It's a, it's a good opportunity. And, um, you know, life would have been really different. So I'm glad I did. Yeah. Yes. So then I was there for six and a half years and oh, wow. again, just time for a change, uh, and started looking again. And there was no real, re- there was no place we specifically wanted to go. We were just looking Um, my husband had, we had both worked in TV for a long time. Uh, he had gotten out and done some, um, sports marketing while he was in Florida. And we, so he, that job was wrapping up. It was for the world rowing championships. And Mm -hmm. that was one of those jobs that it was going to end when the championships were over. So we knew it would be a good time for us to move on. So I was looking everywhere. And then my agent said, well, there is this opening, and I started to just have, a, we had, I had applied for a lot of jobs. I had interviewed for a lot of jobs and I just started to have this good feeling about the job here. So I uh, came out for the interview. It was, you know, a great place. It was a very happening city, uh, great people at the station, a really good opportunity. And I'm still here now, uh, five and a half years later. Wow. Yeah. So it's, and that, this is where I had my two kids. So it's, you know, a special place now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I obviously do not partake in as much of the partying as most people (laughs) being, you know, I'm like, RIP to my fun Broadway days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still do. I'll go out with my girlfriends. Like, you know, moms can party too. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, but it's much more, much more rare and very like, like we have to plan it like two months in advance. Okay. When's your time? Yeah. And at last stop, 11 o'clock. I got kids. I got it. Yeah. It's just a different, it's a totally different vibe. Yes. What are some of the things that you learned um, early in your career as far as body language, ums, just mm. being on on air, being on camera? It's a totally different feel than being on a radio show. 
like once that camera's on, people are watching, you got a nose itch, there's certain things. So what are some of the things that you learned early on in your career that have just stuck with you now being in Nashville at WKRN? Well, the one thing I always remember is back to that internship that I mentioned when I was in college, which was at the CBS affiliate in Bryan College Station. And one, someone asked one of the anchors, how do you get your anchor voice? And she was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, you all have these like, you know, voices when you're on air. And she said, it just starts developing over time. Like, don't try to have an anchor voice. And I had been told that, you know, as I went on to grad school yeah. later too, like, we're not going to sit here and tell you how to talk, how to do your, how to move your hands, how to like, none of that is taught in school. This is all only thing that is taught is journalism. I mean, we right. did, we, we did do practice live shots and we anchored, we did a show in, um, for the, there's two PBS affiliates in Chicago. And so for the smaller one, we did a show where we anchored and reported and, you know, we got practice at all this, but no one, none of our, um, faculty, you know, they were not there. Like, here's how to put your hands. Here's how to do that. You know, they would give us little tips here and there, but it's really like, you need to develop your own persona on air. Right. Right. And it like, just, don't copy somebody else no. just because you think it's effective. Like it's going to seem phony on you. Right. right. Yeah. And every, a lot of people, a lot of viewers who have, you know, been a viewer for a long time, watched the newscast I anchor for a long time have said like, they'll watch my Facebook lives and they're like, you're the same. I mean, of course I'm going to be a little more serious on air because the stories are serious, but they're like, you're the same as you are. You are what you, you know, what you see is what you get, which is true. Right. Like, you know, yeah. I don't have some it's not acting. Persona. Like, no, it's, it's not acting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are maybe people who do kind of change how they do things. I mean, I do think my voice is probably like some people have said, your voice sounds different. I said, well, yes, because you don't want to sound too conversational. You want to be conversational on air, but not to where you're not projecting. I did get a lot you're of kind of to the point. Yeah. yeah. And you, you want to be a little stronger in your voice. And, you know, when I was first applying for jobs, I did get a lot of complaints about my voice. So that was something that I felt like I had to work on a little so, bit. It's like so crazy because obviously like you sound so like good and polished to me, but I was funny because somebody gave me some feedback like on my podcast and they're like, your voice, your voice kind of sounds whiny and groggy. So oh, like the next well, day I started, I, go, I started talking and I was like, hello. Like, I just was like talking to my family, like, and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just don't want to sound whiny or groggy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it's funny because you like, also a lot of people don't like hearing themselves recorded. I or, don't. Oh. I do not. It's and now word. I'm just like, I'll just yeah. take your word for it. If I'm whiny and groggy, I'll work on it because I'm not going <laughs> to listen back to my voice because it's going to, I'm going to just like, like nitpick the whole entire yeah. thing. And I so, do, I think it's helpful to watch it back and I do, but not like every day. That's like, yeah, like there's a balance yeah. between like right. growing, but then being self-critical. Right. And I can imagine in the industry that's, it, it creates a chasm for um, being self-critical and kind of being self-deprecating and all the things of yeah. like insecurities. We're going to take a quick break to discuss, write it down brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the lid wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. 
If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. Have you ever felt the need to compete with somebody to get a job or to maybe just not even compete to get a job, but just created your own competition in your head towards somebody else in the industry? No. I've never looked at anybody as someone I wanted to get ahead or to get that job or to, no, not at all. Not, not even for one second, yeah, like any, any place I've ever worked has been collaboration, a team effort, happy for everyone's success. Um, I I've never even, it's not like I've looked at another market and been like, I want her job or something. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. Right. And you know, I have seen people in other markets who I say, I really like what she's doing. And right. I like, you know, a male men as well. Um, he or I she, admire I, their approach. Yeah, I admire or, how they approach. Yeah. I like their, how they're conversational. I like the things they're involved in outside of work. You know, there are things like that of people who I've really, you know, followed, but it's not because I'm trying to compete with them. Um, I mean, I was a competitive person in sports, but I, I, I probably could be a little more competitive, but it's just not, I don't know. That part of me has kind of died down at this yeah. point. Life, I you think know? that just comes yeah. with like wisdom and maturity. Yeah. And just like, and I don't want to say like a, a a new like direction or a different, like a change in aspiration. I just think it's, again, it comes from like kind of cooling your jets a bit Mm -hmm. to be like, all right, there's space for all of us here. You know, there's, there's growth opportunities. I can learn something from you and you can learn something from me. And it's kind of keeping that humility because we are in a vain industry where people Mm -hmm. are watching and you have Mm -hmm. to look a certain way and sound a certain way. And um, it's funny because I was noticing, I was watching the Oscars, um, the other night and I was watching some of the interviews on the red carpet and I'm like, Oh, these are horrible. Like I'm like criticizing and not that I could do any better. I'm just like sitting there and I was like listening to myself. I was like, Brooke, give them a break. Like they're literally on live TV with A-list yeah. celebrities, but I'm like, why would like, there was this one guy that said, um, Oh, like Kate Hudson, um, you know what it's like to win an Oscar. And she's like, I've never won an Oscar. And I was like, oh, oh, like, you know, but like I'm watching it in a different perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, that's a field that I admire and, you know, all the things. So I do, I I love that you are so humble and you're driven and like you're, you are competitive probably in the sense of like, you want to be competitive against yourself and you want to be better but not in the sense of putting anybody else down so that you can get ahead. Like no. not using somebody else as a step stool to get to where you ultimately want to be because that all ends up coming out in the wash anyways. Right. So, and there's plenty of space to be shared. So right. I really, really admire about that. Admire you with that. So tell us a little bit about family life, kids. How has that changed in your career and just kind of the direction you want to go in life? Well, it definitely changes everything. I mean, I still feel a lot of people would say like, do you feel like a different person? I don't feel like a different person since I've had kids, but it changes your schedule. It changes your priorities. It changes, you know, just how you operate with your uh, home life and your marriage and your job. I mean, it just changes everything. And uh, I have a daughter who is almost three at the end of April. She'll be three. Her name is Brighton. And then my younger daughter's name is Jordan and she is six months old. Uh, she was born this past August, seven weeks early. So we mm-hmm. did have, you know, NICU stay. And that was a very different experience when 
after having uh, my first daughter who was born after her due date and then one who was born early. They just had to do things completely (laughs) different. They're just going to have different personalities. They are. They are. Yeah. yeah, parent them differently, yes. and relate to them differently. Definitely. I can already tell. I mean, they just, you know, I think my second daughter, my first daughter is like full force energizer bunny. Um, second daughter, she's she's definitely energetic energetic, but she has a little bit more of like a chill demeanor. So yeah. I do think it's gonna be they're gonna be a little different. So that's your younger uh, daughter? That's more chill. My younger daughter. Yeah. She's just been she's been through a lot. She has, you would never know though. She's the happiest baby, like literally never stops smiling. So cheery. The only time she ever gets fussy is when she's tired, which I, you know, I can relate. Like it's fine. (laughs) I get that when I'm hungry, I become you. I have a lot of words, but when I'm hungry, I'm like, like, you can't crack me. Don't talk to me. me Don't talk to me. Yes. 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 Yeah. That exactly. Yeah. Hangry. Um, But yeah, so it has definitely changed you know, every bit of your time now outside of work is just, you know, spent with your family and trying to figure out like, how do I get all of these kids <laughs> fed? And, you know, my older daughter, like we're starting swim lessons, like you know, thinking about activities with her, thinking about preschool. So you're doing that. But then at the same end, you're like on a completely different life stage with the second with still breastfeeding and pumping and thinking about her babysitting situation. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah you're having so to think different. Yeah. of other people. Yeah. It's just like, man, I don't know how you moms do it. Like I'm, I'm some, I'm so I'm in a selfish season of life now where That's I'm just good. doing my be. thing. And I try right. to tell everybody who hasn't had kids yet, like do everything you want to do. And I did, I mean, you know, I moved yes. across the country. I traveled a lot. I, you know, went out with friends. We went, you on seized trips. every yeah. opportunity. Yes. yes. And I had kids later and you know, that comes with its own issues, but um, that was, you know, I spent a lot of time in my early, like my twenties and then early thirties, you know, just my husband and I went on tons of trips, spent a lot of time. We dated for a while. We were married for several years before we had kids, you know, so, um, we got, you know, a lot of that. I mean, we miss it for sure, but, uh, we're lucky that we had that time and we know we'll have it again when, you know, when the girls get busy and they're like, we're going to yeah. have our own thing to do. Please. We'll be yes. able to go yeah, out yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, your priorities change because your kids just become your number one priority above anything else in the world. And, you know, your job is of course very important, but your, your number one thing is those kids. And that's, you know, that's it's beautiful. Yeah. I think if anything, COVID taught us how important it is to really relish our time with our friends and our family. And it also showed us that life and the show for lack of better words goes on. And, you know, a lot of companies um, learned what it was like to be remote. Zoom really stepped up its game. Um, there's just a lot of things that shifted in that season that I think were obviously there were hor- there were horrible things that happened in that season for our world. But there was a lot of good that came out of it. And I love that perspective of just like, yeah, I'm still full force, like on my my path and prioritizing like my career and the doors that God's open. But I also have these blessings that like. I'm their mom. I'm their only mom. Like Mm -hmm. this is such a gift and like time flies like with the little ones, like before you know it, like I'm like crying because my nephew's about to go into kindergarten. It's not even my, my kid, but I just, they're like the light of my life. And so they bring just a level of joy that you can't get anywhere else. So I totally, I, I was thinking about this last night. I was like, the experience of having children is an unmatched human experience. There are so many great ones, but this is just like, you just, it's hard to compare it. And even if it's, you know, like you said, even your nieces and nephews, just, you know, 
these young, oh, you know, babies, kids, toddlers, preschoolers, um, you know, they, they just, it's something that's just unmatched and yeah. you have to soak up. Like you said, the time goes by so fast and all your, you know, effort and time and love has to go to that, especially when they're young, because young. those are the most formative years of their life. Yeah, they're like sponges. Like everything into it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, literally, it's such a blessing. I always say this about babies is they are fresh from heaven. Like mm-hmm. they're the closest thing yes. and they're, they smell the way they like smile, the innocence. And if you could just bottle that up and unleash that on our world, like, oh my gosh, what a better place it would be. So I'm so on board with cultivating those precious relationships. You can learn a lot from kids, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's hard to, again, I'm not, I'm not a mom, but like, if I feel this way about my nieces and nephews, I can't even imagine my own kids, but the amount yeah. of love that you can have, you know, for another human is like, it's like, it's, it's kind of scary, but in a it great is. way. It's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. And yeah. it did it like both my daughters, when they were born, they literally, it literally did feel like they were just like angels from heaven. It really does feel that way. Yeah. Oh, so I love that. Yeah. It, it really does. Yeah. Well, speaking of angels and angels from heaven, you've been connected to the Haley Sue Foundation for um, a couple years now. Um, so tell us a little bit before we wrap up the show, how you got involved with the Haley Sue Foundation and how it's impacted you. I did a story with Haley Sue's mom um, when they were having, it may have been their first fundraiser or one of their first uh, for the foundation. They were holding it at Kendra Scott and we were doing a preview story because of course we had covered Haley Sue's tragic accident um, and, you know, things, services afterwards and uh, the community coming together and what Lipscomb University did. You know, we did a lot of coverage right, of right. everything that, that that happened. So this was a follow-up story to that and previewing their fundraiser. And I interviewed her mom via Zoom because it was still COVID at the time, precautions. Uh, so we, you know, I got to hear a lot more about Haley Sue and all the amazing things that she did and the legacy that she left behind. And we just really connected and they asked me to uh, MC their very first legacy ball. And then I, I did again this year and I've just always kept up with everything they're doing throughout the year and how they've grown and they have a wonderful mission and they are the nicest people, everyone involved, their family, yes, the board so members, yeah. they're all so resilient and positive And I, do not know how they do it. And they, you know, they said that this is how they're getting through something that is so unimaginable, so horrific Tragic, is yeah. to, to put their energy. Well, first of all, they have two other kids. So of course, you know, they need to be strong for them, but right. you know, putting a lot of their energy into bettering the community and helping other people who Haley Sue would have liked to see, you know, flourish in life and right. scholarships. So it's just, their mission is incredible. And I love being involved with organizations when the people are great people. That's when you know that through that's, and through. that's worthy. Like, yeah, they're from worthy the, of your from the check-in table right, to the servers right. to the DJ to UMCing, like through and through that entire legacy ball and not just the ball, but like everybody involved in the foundation throughout the year. Right. Just, it everything they do just transcends what's happening here on earth. 
And it really is a true legacy of Haley Sue. And I'm so glad that we got to connect. It was yeah. crazy. Uh, we had like some small world connections where yes. one of my friends works alongside of you, Chris O'Brien. Shout yes, out to and you. And he asked about you the other day. He said, I oh saw my- you at my friend. Yes. So oh my very gosh. small world. Very yeah, small yeah, world. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh yeah, I have a friend that works at WKRN. You're like, that's where I work. Like, yeah. And it was just so cool. So I'm super grateful that you came on the Write It Down podcast. I do have a couple rapid fire questions. We'll end with our Write It Down. First uh, rapid fire question is, would you rather do martinis and caviar or margarita and chips and salsa? Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to say margarita. Freedom, chips and salsa being a chips and margs girl texas girl and a tex-mex lover yeah yes for sure yes yeah. and you know who has really good ones slight plug okay i'm not getting paid for this but it's yeah. miranda lambert's in oh, nashville the pasta rosa uh, or whatever pasta rosa yeah yeah i haven't been there yet you gotta go great chips and salsa and margs where i mentioned where i worked my first market yeah te- he's from the area that east texas area and so i oh. used to interview her when she would come back for her fundraiser yeah. Oh for my gosh. Rescue animals. Yes. Amazing. So isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, yeah. you guys should have some chips and margs at her restaurant. Uh, yeah. She and has Ron no idea do. who I am, but um, oh. if we ever she run will. into <laughs> Yeah. She will once you're at her restaurant. Okay. Next one. Full body massage or just a classic pedicure? Uh, full body massage. Yes. Love a pedicure, but massage. There is nothing. Nothing like a massage. I don't know. I get like, I'm just so like close to them emotionally. I'm like, thank you so much for doing that for me. Would you rather drive or be a passenger? Ooh, that's hard. Probably be a passenger so I can read. Although ever since pregnancy, I felt like reading has like, it's made me a little more car sick than it ever used to. I don't Mm. know what that. Yeah. But I, I love to get caught up on reading. You know, that's what, that's why I loved when I lived in those larger cities, I could read on the train. Yeah. I miss that. Okay. Classic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Watch the Oscars or Grammys. What are you more interested in? I would say, you know, I used to, I would have said Oscars, but now I say Grammys. I'd rather hear the music and I just don't ever watch, see movies anymore. So it's like out of the loop if I watch the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Like like that's the thing too, is when we were watching the Oscars the other night, like there's a ton of movies I never heard of. And it was the same four movies being nominated for something. I'm like, where did this come from? Okay. A little more controversial, but my last one, Yeti or a Stanley Cup? I don't have either. Okay. I have Corksicle. Is that okay? I do like corksicles are cute. Yeah, they're very cute, and they're honestly jumped onto either trend. Okay, I'm not a big trend person, and you don't have to be. (laughs) You are in the same place, but a corksicle needs to be an awakened trend because I do think they kind of slid under the radar and didn't get enough limelight because they are classic. And I like their, some of their designs. They come out with like these collabs with different designers and stuff, and this is really cute. Whereas like some of the some of the Stanley, I'm like, oh, they're, they're clunky. Yeah. Yes. Corksicles need- are a little sleek. Yeah. 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 Very sophisticated. That's why I like, like yeah. I'm a mom, but I'm fun. Yeah, I have a totally. I have a little corksicle that my, one of my best friends got me. That's a little wine tumbler. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Love yeah. wine on the go. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, Haley, we were at that point of the show where I ask each guest to give the audience something to write down. So Haley Wilgus, what is your write it down? Mine is, I didn't come this far to only come this far. And I think that's what I always, when I've had hard points in my career and I have to look back and think, I've gone through all of this. I'm not quitting now. Like you've gone through all that. You didn't come this far to only come this far. I love that. Write it down, Haley Wilgus. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was so great to be here. 
Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.